Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday the 7th of December. I'm Michael Bailey and today we're asking... How serious is Manchester City's wobble? Outfought, outfought, outplayed. City's leg just couldn't cope. Guardiola was saying, I need to find a way to change the dynamic. Have Manchester United turned a corner again? The risk and reward of that strategy paid off for United. And is that it for Steve Cooper at Forest? And then he waved as if to say goodbye. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. Last night was the second night of a rare midweek Premier League buffet. Let's take you through what happened, starting at Villa Park. This is the breakthrough moment to stop it happening tonight. Bailey is deflected. It is. Villa do have the goal that really they do deserve. A little bit of luck. But it could make the difference. Villa 1, Manchester City 0. That was Leon Bailey's 74th minute winner, the only goal as Manchester City slipped to their third defeat of the season and fourth place in the table, with Aston Villa now two points ahead of them in third. City had just two shots all match. That's the fewest for a Pep Guardiola side in any of his 535 European League games as a manager. The Athletics City writer Sam Lee watched on at Villa Park. Sam, that's four league games without a win. How big a wobble is this now? It's certainly a wobble. Uh, you can't you can't dress it up any other way. You could you could say it's worse than a wobble. I mean, to be fair, with the three draws before this, they haven't been really bad in all those games. They're they're very good against Liverpool. Not their very best. They were really really good in particular against Spurs in the first half. But after the game tonight, Guardiola was saying, "I need to find a way to change the dynamic." Because in the past, we've always been able to win games. We've always been able to, even not playing well, win the games. But at the moment, we're not able to. Yeah, it is obviously a wobble. Not entirely unforeseen tonight, though, just because of the... Not not so much the amount of players they've got out, but just the type of players that are out. They're missing their controllers. They get the people that can put their foot on the ball and make sensible decisions and try and run a game. They've got great players still. Foden, Alvarez, Haaland, great players. Nobody's going to have any sympathy for C. But they're more direct. And as a result, you get a more direct game. And then you have less control. And then, albeit a very exaggerated example, you get games like we saw against Villa. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Rodri was suspended and they lost, which has kind of been a recurring theme, I suppose, or not performed at least. So has Pep Guardiola still not solved that challenge? Well, no, I suppose you can't say he solved it. With all those players out, they played Alvarez in the middle instead of Bernardo because Alvarez can't really play out wide. They played Foden out wide rather than in the middle because he's more versatile and can play out wide. Rico Lewis is better in the middle. So they ended up with their best midfielder, Bernardo, on the right, Foden on the left. So it looked a bit muddled. Obviously, the holding midfielder was Stones and he wasn't very good at all. And he's just coming back from injury. But yeah, Guardiola's plan without Rodri was just to pack the middle, put players through the middle and make the game as difficult as possible for the opponents to play through. Just try and control the middle. Obviously, it didn't happen. So no, obviously, at the moment, he hasn't solved that problem. 
So when do you expect normal service to resume then, Sam? If City don't look like themselves, it's because they're missing so many key players, as well as Gundogan and Maris who have left. And the players who help them be City, which is coming to places like Villa Park, making a thousand million passes, as Guardiola says, not even giving the other team a corner. And they come away with a victory, which everyone thinks is boring, but in fact was very, very well crafted. They can't do that at the moment, but I do think as soon as they get those types of players back, They'll obviously be boosted. And De Bruyne as well goes without saying. He can start the supply line to Haaland again. They should look much better pretty soon. Thanks to Sam for the slightly ominous end there. What a night for Villa though. Jacob Tanswell follows the club for the Athletic and he joins us now. Jacob, what was it like at Villa Park after that win? It was absolutely roaring. I've not heard Villa Park as loud this season. It was, it was incredible. I think there's real belief from, from the first whistle. You know, as soon as he kicked off, there was a massive bellow. And then at full time, it was just, you know, sensational scenes. Emmy Martinez running towards the whole end. And I just felt a feeling towards the second half that this Villa just become this juggernaut, you know, 40 straight home wins. And they're used to winning at home. But this performance and this result has just taken it to a different level. Yeah, we've heard about Manchester City's deficiencies. But how did Villa go about this from their perspective and from Unai Emery's perspective as well? Guardiola completely starves opposition teams on the ball. And I think, you know, I asked Emery about that yesterday and, his way of combat and there was that was to play four centre midfielders Tillemans, McGinn Douglas, Louise and Kamara and you saw, saw from early on that they were winning the ball back nice and high really aggressive and actually they were dominating possession at times they were keeping the ball for long spells and you're not used to that against City so I think that was really the bedrock for, for, for the performance and they were the engine room and they just drove the team forward and you saw towards the end City, City's legs just couldn't cope and it's Arsenal next at Villa Park I mean after this win Villa will believe they can beat anyone but also if they then do go and beat Arsenal where are the doubts about them after that? No I think you saw today if there's any doubts now you realise that Villa are a really serious side it's 14 straight home wins they're equal to a 72 year record you know, they're breaking records Arsenal might come here any team in the Premier League might come here but they have to realise that the way Villa are playing, they're, they're willing to go toe-to-toe with anybody and they back their quality and their confidence at home to beat anybody. And they've had you know, four games in nine days, but they just keep churning out these results. So efficient. And they're probably just going to walk into training this spring in a step and realise that they've got a serious opportunity to break into the top four. That was Jacob Tanswell. One final point. With that win, Unai Emery has won 31 of his first 50 games in charge of Villa. That's two more than Guardiola managed in his first 50 at City. Now, guess which high-flying team is just three points behind the defending champions? That's right. Crisis club Manchester United. They're up to sixth after a much-needed 2-1 win over Chelsea, with both goals coming from their top scorer. Good ball, surely! It's that man again. Scott McTominay at the double. Yes, you heard that right. Scott McTominay. Laurie Whitwell was at Old Trafford watching on. Laurie, you said United just needed a win. Was that all they got against Chelsea? I think it was actually a little bit more than just a win. It was actually a pretty complete performance for the duration of the game, which is possibly the first time that's happened in the Premier League this season, uh, probably even in any competition, actually. But I thought they were really good value for their win. They started really sharply, clearly could have gone ahead when Bruno Fernandes had his penalty, but that didn't detract from their energy. That didn't kind of take away their confidence. They kind of sustained it, even after Cole Palmer wriggled through and scored a really nice goal. And, and, and Chelsea had chances. You know, United did, again, look open in midfield a little bit on transition but that's kind of a consequence of having Scott McTominay push up into those dangerous areas which is where he scored two goals from so the risk and reward of that strategy paid off for United 
Yeah, and there were big calls from Eric Ten Hag with his starting eleven as well. What caught your eye with that? Yeah, the big old Marcus Rashford on the bench. I think that was the inevitable point of discussion uh, when the team sheets dropped. We, we managed to get a little bit of word ahead of time as well, so we put that out there on The Athletic. And I think it was the obvious call, though, really. Um, it's a big call because he's such a huge player for United and was their top scorer by far last season. But it's not happening for him at the moment, and he clearly isn't at his fullest playing on the right wing, which is where Tanag's been playing him and, and Alejandro Garnacho has been doing well on the left wing. So, you know, it, as strange as it is, it's sort of Rashford you know, justifiably on the bench, really, with Anthony coming back in. And Anthony did well, linked up well with his teammates, sort of ran hard. And so when Ten Hag makes these big calls, they, they tend to pay off in that instant. It'll be interesting to see how Marcus Rashford responds. He, he came off um, the bench uh, on for Rasmus Hoyland at the end up, up front so maybe that's another uh, solution to his issues and uh, Rafa Varane not even in the squad uh, saw back is what United said although clearly Varane hasn't been in the team and I feel like that's a point of tension Yeah there's been a lot of angst around the club recently obviously but what was the atmosphere like in actually inside Old Trafford? It was good, positive. I think it always was going to be under the floodlights. You've got United fans that want their team to do well and will pretty much back the manager until you know the very end. And it isn't there yet for Ten Hag. And you know I think they also feel like with everything that happened with the media bannings that you know it's a kind of siege mentality. So you know rally behind the manager that, that feels a bit besieged. It carried through to the final whistle. You know, you had the fact that Scott McTominay scored the goals as well. You know, an academy player. There's always that warmth there, and so that kind of created a buoyant atmosphere. But even at half time, when it was one-one, United fans were singing Ten Hag's Red and White Army as, as they walked off. So clearly, they were with him the whole time. And I think that if it does get a bit tense at, at different points in the season, they'll, they'll stay with him again. Thanks, Laurie. As for Chelsea, Maurizio Pochettino opted to blame his side's performance on the extra day United had to recover. Righto. You can get more reaction to events at Old Trafford from our dedicated United and Chelsea podcasts. Search for Talk of the Devils if you want a red hot take and straight out of Cobham for some analysis on what's going wrong at the Blues. Right, let's wrap up the rest of last night's Premier League action. Fulham thrashed floundering Nottingham Forest 5-0. Could that be the last we see Steve Cooper in the Forest dugout? Nick Miller was in the away end at Craven Cottage. Bleak old night for Nottingham Forest at Fulham. Not so much a football match, more a sort of 90-minute group hug for a group of fans in preemptive mourning, really. At the time of recording, Steve Cooper is still Nottingham Forest manager, but that will almost certainly change in the next... 24 hours probably he remains incredibly popular Cooper's relationship with the owner Evangelos Maranakis has been shaky for a little while now but that will almost certainly be the final straw Maranakis was there and apparently left after about 75 minutes and amusingly his match pass was found thrown in a hedge near Craven Cottage Cooper at the end of the game came over to the Forest fans and seemed to hold up his hands and apologise and sort of say that was all my fault but thank you for the support and then he waved as if to say goodbye in his post-match press conference he said he was quite embarrassed by the support and that he didn't deserve it but uh, if you're listening to this Steve Cooper you very much did deserve it for everything you've done for Forrest in uh, the last couple of years but that feels like the end now. Thanks Nick well the Athletic website and app will be the place to be as soon as there are any further developments. 
Speaking of managers on shaky ground, it's starting to look precarious for Roy Hodgson. Bournemouth beat Crystal Palace 2-0 at Selhurst Park to a cacophony of boos. Well, the perfect away performance for AFC Bournemouth to go four unbeaten. And here's what Hodgson said after the game. But the fact is the fans are, have been spoiled here in, in recent times. They, they're used to seeing us do very well at home and get good results. And this year we've not been able to do that. Sheffield United's rewilding didn't get off to a whim, but it did avoid any early embarrassment. Liverpool won 2-0 at Bramall Lane through Virgil van Dijk and Dominic Soberslai. Liverpool are back up to second, two points behind leaders Arsenal. There was bad news too though, with Joel Matip's ACL injury confirmed by boss Jurgen Klopp, the defender will miss the rest of the season. And finally, Brighton beat Brentford 2-1 at the Amex, with 18-year-old Jack Hinshelwood scoring the winner. There are two more Premier League games tonight and the idea of playing again is probably giving Newcastle United's coaching staff a headache. Their trip to a defiant Everton tonight is Newcastle's fourth game in 13 days and the first of many without England's Nick Pope. Eddie Howe confirmed his goalkeeper will undergo surgery on his dislocated shoulder, ruling him out for about four months. Martin Dubravka will replace him tonight. You can watch Newcastle at Everton and the later kickoff as Tottenham host West Ham live on Amazon Prime Video in the UK. In America, you'll need Peacock for that Newcastle game and USA Network for the London derby. And while we're stateside, tonight sees the Copper America group stage draw. It takes place at 7.30pm Eastern in Miami. The tournament is being held in the US next summer when Argentina and into Miami's Lionel Messi will bid to defend their crown. And finally, away from England, a quick nod to German third-tier side Saarbrücken. You may remember last month they produced the mother of all DFB Pokal shocks by knocking out Bayern Munich. Well, last night, they were at it again. Yes, this time they beat Bundesliga side Eintracht Frankfurt 2-0 on home turf, booking their spot in the last 16. That's all for today's briefing. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Michael Bailey with your producers, Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman. Your executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Adam Leventhal will be with you tomorrow morning. In the meantime, have a great Thursday. 